This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way. Except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. It snowed today. It was it, it was snowing all day today, honestly. And like yesterday, it was like 56 degrees outside. And I was walking around in just a light jacket, which is my favorite thing. The activity is walking around in a light jacket. But then it snowed. Without almost, having to take it off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then it snowed almost all day today. So that's what's happening here. Well, it was 85 degrees yesterday. Ew. And tomorrow it's going to be 60. So your life is very hard. <laughs> my life is so hard. Ever since moving over to sunny Los Angeles... In the one time of year when we're not literally on fire, it's been yeah. really hard. Well, listen, podcasts, I'll be honest with you that I had a I had quite a busy week this week. This this week was full of events. Oh jeez. I Oh jeez, Adam. Listen, I'm gonna put on my Jennifer Coolidge voice. Tell me about your hard week. Well, on two well, this week full of going out full of events. I I fell behind on doing an outline. I went to go see a Broadway show on Tuesday. I went to go see Ghost in concert on Thursday, which by which the way Which is interesting because I thought their whole thing was that you can't really see them. Well but this is good news. Here's here's the thing is that now you know when like in movies or cartoons when people are stressed and they say, Okay, go to your happy place. That's now where I'm yeah. gonna picture myself is back at this ghost concert. <laughs> That's nice. Um, That's nice. Were you all wearing masks? Not to, I don't want to put you guys on blast. Yes, 100% wearing masks, even though we were in New Jersey. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wild if you were it and I just blew up your spot? No, but in, in your happy place, the nice thing is you can kind of remove the masks. Yeah. In hindsight, you're like, my happy place is a ghost concert in it, it, February of 2022 without masks. Yeah. Um, and then I went to go see another concert on Friday night. My friend's birthday party was last night, and now it's here. And Devin, I'm oh so sorry. Gosh. I'm making you miss the first 30 minutes of the Super Bowl. Which I'm sure you're really yeah, you know that's about. really hard. My good, my good friends, the Rams, who are the team that is playing today, mm-hmm. are from my good home city that I've lived in my entire life, Los Angeles. Uh, the sunny Hollywood baby. Uh, that's me. And also, I had to drive back and forth to Anaheim today, and the Crypto.com Arena is where the the big game is happening. Oh, okay. The one between the Rams and the Bengals, uh-huh. the Tigers. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really upset that I'm missing 30, 30 minutes of it. Yeah. I also am sure you can hear the din of traffic. Yeah. It's the first time LA's ever had traffic, you know. <laughs> no, I've never seen it. Never seen before a the Super before, Bowl. actually. Before Super Bowl, you could get anywhere. Yeah. Um, anyway, hi, welcome to the yeah. American Screen. My name is Devin Wright. That my, was my type five on yeah, LA was traffic. A good type five. My name is Adam O'Connell, and I'm telling you all this podcast because I'm telling you why we picked the subject for this episode on Saturday afternoon. I was like, hey, let's pick a light, easy to research topic, something I already Adam. know about a lot, so I can get an outline done quickly. So here's the history of the American Spiritualist Movement. Oh my God, Adam. Yeah, I wrote this outline yeah. in two hours today, uh, and I actually you know, coasted through it a lot faster than I thought I would. <laughs> I have, uh, you know, I have this podcast where I do uh, World War II history, yeah. and you know, it was a hard week. I did a lot of stuff, so I decided I was going to go with something easy this week, you know? 
I was going to go with the political reasons behind the Molotov-Riventrop <laughs> Pact and why yeah. Russia and Germany decided to put aside their diametrically opposed <laughs> ideologies to uh, split apart Poland. I did have a little, anyway. I did have a little bit of background knowledge on this already because uh, right now I am running a Monster of the Week campaign that's set during the American Spiritualist Movement. It's all about like occultists ah. in the 1920s, uh, not to like. I almost said self promote, but it's my us. home. It's my home game. You couldn't listen to it if you wanted to. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> uh, members only. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I did uh, have brag some to us about the fact that you have four friends. <laughs> so I, I that you that want to hang out with you. I I did uh, have some prior background knowledge on this, but yeah, it still required. Uh, quite a bit, but a lot of interesting research because America's beliefs in ghosts have gone back quite further than we uh, would think. And that America's belief in ghosts and in the paranormals actually has a much tighter connection to religion uh, than you would probably think. Because uh, I think especially people think- given uh, today's today's uh, religious culture and how it jives with the paranormal. Exactly. I think people would mostly think of like paranormal studies or the belief in spirits to be very anti-religion or anti-Christianity specifically. When in reality, spiritualism and Christianity kind of went hand in hand, uh, especially during this time period. Adam, this is a perfect episode actually, because I know a lot about this politically. So hey, Adam, great choice. Yeah, it's going to be great. And a lot of what was established during the spiritualist movement set the stage for modern spiritualist beliefs today, like ghost hunting, Ouija boards, and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about this uh, brief but very, very interesting moment in American history uh, and some of the social and political implications and kind of how it got us to where we are today with ghosts. Um, Hell yeah. So here we go. So what is spiritualism? Because spiritualism is not just the belief in ghosts. It is kind of like a core way of thinking. It's considered a new religious movement, meaning like contemporary religion considered to be like founded after the 18th century ish. Like it's debated on what's considered like modern religion or new religion, but this is definitely not as old as like your major religions that you're probably thinking of. Right. Um, Especially in, in a Western context. Yes, exactly. This kind of spiritualism arises like around the, like 19th century around uh, revivalism and the Great Awakening in the yeah, U.S. Exactly, exactly. And at its core, spiritualism is the belief that spirits of the dead, A, exist, and B, through some Check. means, we are able to communicate with them somehow. Oof, that one's the hard one. <laughs> um, that is really most of what spiritualism is at its core. Uh, and we see elements of spiritualism in a lot of major religions like Christianity. Like a lot of Christians do believe, you know, a, a angel could be a spirit of the dead and you could be able to communicate with them in some way through prayer, through whatever. Like there are elements of spiritualism in a lot of major religions. They're not mutually exclusive at all. Absolutely. And the, uh, in fact, the specific point in the spiritualism, the spiritualism movement that we're going to talk about today, like 99% of spiritualists were also Christian or at least believed in God. And in fact, use spiritualism to justify their belief in God. Yeah. I, I mean, today, again, the problem is there's been a split uh, between like traditional mainstream religion and mainstream spirituality. If you were to ask a person today what their religious view was and they said, oh, I'm spiritual. Right. One, you would you would have to like dodge the Starbucks spray <laughs> that you were getting from their coffee. Um, but you would also not be surprised if they weren't religious. 
like spiritualism is is positioned today as something separate from religion when I'm sure like anthropologically in the 19th century spiritualism itself could not be considered a religion exactly it was considered a facet of something else yes um so and most spiritualists believe in the concept of the afterlife which is not necessarily a static place like heaven or whatever uh but yeah a state of being where spirits continue to evolve what past what they can do in life and because uh God, that sounds sick yeah that's but, such a cool idea well so because God. of that that spiritualists believe that the spirit continues to evolve after death that spirits are therefore more advanced than humans and they can be used to give knowledge about moral or ethical questions uh, to questions about God. Um, which- right. So we're kind of like uh, hermit crabs, like the spirit kind of oh, moves yeah. from different things. Mm-hmm. And before this life, maybe we were something less evolved than humans. Right. Like not in this universe. I don't want to get into the re- like literally we all became humans when the last world died. They did it wrong. They were they were like <laughs> we're, little snail people. We're going to talk about that a little bit later because that is another school of thought. But keep going. Okay, but then once you die, my spirit goes into a bigger shell mm-hmm. in what I call heaven, but it's really just Earth two. Yeah, in four dimensions or whatever. Right. Um, and obviously, spiritualism is still a belief that people hold today. Uh, But on this episode, we'll be talking about what many consider to be the peak of spiritualism in English-speaking countries, especially the United States, which is about from the 1840s to the 1920s. That's kind of the heyday of uh, this this big American spiritualist movement. Yeah, Yeah, man. Heyday of a lot of things that time (laughs) period. And the only one we feel comfortable and good about talking about is spiritualism. And actually, by 1897, spiritualism was said to have more than 8 million followers in the United States and in Europe, mostly from the middle and upper classes. This is kind of a a wealthier people thing. And part of that had to do with uh, post kind of industrial revolution, how Americans suddenly had this leisure time. You know, they always talk about how now that Americans weren't working every hour of every waking day, they had now that it's 888. Yeah, Yeah. they had time to do other things that weren't work. And part of that became, you know, like going to talk to mediums, going to see uh, like uh, going to seances and stuff. Yeah, you kind of imagine this makes a lot of sense as well. If you think of everyday people who are just living their lives probably are still spiritual, right? They're probably still thinking of this ghost, their dead mom at the factory who taught, you know, who I think of when I'm cleaning the house or whatever, but not having the time and resources or money to treat it almost like a hobby, right. which is what, which is, which is what, I mean, a lot of religion and, and church culture surrounds having excess time, resources and money to, to spend time yeah, on it. Exactly. And also interestingly, most spiritualists were women and also aligned with political issues such as the abolition of slavery and women's suffrage. Uh, it was just that northern white women had free time for the first time ever. Yeah. And it, it, it gets even deeper than that politically, but we'll get there. But first we have to talk about the origins because the origins of the spiritualist movement can be pinpointed to a pretty exact location in the United States. 
uh, because it first appeared in the 1840s in what's known as the Burned Over District of upstate New York, uh, named after and known for its many religious movements of the Second Great Awakening that seemed to burn through or set fire to the area, such as Millerism and Mormonism. And if you're from New York, we're talking about Western and Central New York here. That is our Burned Over District. Thank you. I was looking it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's true upstate. It's Buffalo. Yes, exactly. Um, Once you get to Ithaca, anywhere west of that. Right. Um, and, many, and a little bit around Pasico or uh, Seneca Falls, if you know. <laughs> many thought that this re- region of New York State was one where direct communication with God or angels was more possible than the rest of the United States. Could not I could happen not, today. I could not figure out why people believe this about Western New York, but that seemed to be the consensus. I mean, have you ever been to Watkins Glen, man? It makes me feel all spiritual and vibey, bro. Uh, um, and also, they believe that this area of New York, of New York is an area where God's uh, punishment and consequences would be less harsh for some reason. I guess he just really Again, vibes. Again, not happen today. Again. <laughs> he just really vibes <laughs> with Western New York for some reason. If you had to pick a place for a new religion or for like God to be really chill with in the U S what would it be? Cause my last answer would be West New York. I mean, purely for comedy and chaos purposes, central Florida. <laughs> I mean, again, Adam, we both know that's not the only difference between upstate New York and central Florida mm-hmm. is temperature and presence of alligators. Yeah. That is the only <laughs> difference. It. Everything else is exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so spiritualism was also formed by the early writings of Emanuel Swedenborg, uh, and the teachings of Franz Mesmer. So Swedenborg, who was an inventor and a scientist, like, uh, 17th century, roundabout, uh, 18th century, uh, he claimed to communicate with spirits while awake and described the structure of the spirit world. Uh, two features of his, okay. two features of the, his view particularly resonated with early spiritualists. First, that there is not a single hell and a single heaven, but rather a series of higher and lower heavens as hell, super hell, if you will. <laughs> super hell, and we're in middle. We're in we're in middle heaven or middle hell, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, and you then, know the world's either half heaven or it's half hell. Uh, and then second, that spirits are intermediates between God and humans, so the divine sometimes use them as means of communication. That's what angels are. Pretty much, yeah, but he was, like, in a cool ghost sense. Uh, Okay, I also like that it's kind of like, hey, when you die, you can't become an angel. That's not how it works, but you can become a ghost, which is kind of close. You guys have the same job. Um, And uh, Franz Mesmer, who, if you remember from our hypnosis Uh. episode... Uh, did and not contribute. Comic books. Yeah, he he's did a, not contribute to the religious teachings, but he did introduce the technique of hypnotism, which is where we get the word mesmerize. Um, and the showmanship that was required for professional mesmerism eventually became a technique for mediums as well. And we'll get into that with like the explosion yeah. of mediums in the United States very shortly. But um, not only can we pinpoint the beginning of the spiritualist movement to a specific uh, part of the United States, we can pinpoint it to three specific people. Um, and an exact date, uh, March work, 31st, work. 1841. Uh, work, work. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's hurting me. I can't that do it. That cool, though. Um, but so uh, picture it. March 31st, 1848. What are you doing? You're out in your farm or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, I'm probably... Adam, I don't want to think about what I would be doing in 1848. <laughs> yeah, okay. There are very, very... 
they're different kinds of bad answers. Okay. Um, and on hopefully that- I'd be like working at a newspaper. Okay. Like that's actually what I hope I would be yeah. doing. But I hope it's a good newspaper. Oh God. Uh, my fam would still be in the old country, so uh <laughs> we're not we're close oh. to this. Oh no, the rights were here. No, yeah, no, no, we're good. We well, listen, the O'Connells came here in the eighties, baby. We <laughs> we have not been here for <laughs> the, long. The rocking eighties. The eighties didn't turn into a party until the O'Connells yeah, showed up. We have up. not been here for long. Anyway, um so on March thirty first, eighteen forty eight, sisters Leah, Kate, and Margaret Fox of Hydesville, New York, reported that they had made contact with the spirit that was later claimed to be the spirit of a murdered peddler whose body was found in the house, although no such record of that person was found. Uh, the spirit was said to have communicated through rapping noises, which like knocking on, not rapping, yeah. like knocking on. Not balls rapping, yeah. yeah. Um, audible to onlookers, their neighbors, people that were demonstrating, uh, people that were watching the Okay, Adam, I need to pause for a word. What's a peddler? A peddler is somebody who, who sells goods. Who peddles goods? Yeah. That's... Okay, what? So just like a pedal gone wrong, I guess. I suppose, yeah. All <laughs> he, right. He one he pe- one pedal too far. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. You know, she loves me. She loves me yeah. not. One pedal too far. There's a joke there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the the fo- and the Fox sisters after this became a sensation and effectively became the first celebrity mediums. As then suddenly they were just doing demonstrations for people like their neighbors, and then suddenly there were thousands of people flocking to them to ask them to communicate with the dead for them. Um, and they enjoyed yeah. success as mediums for forty years until eighteen eighty eight. When Margaret con- too long for a medium's career. That's a long time. But in eighteen eighty eight, Margaret confessed that their original encounter in 1848 had been a hoax and publicly demonstrated the method of how they did it. She attempted to walk back on that confession in the year following, but their reputation was ruined after that. Yeah, because her bank account was fallen. Yeah. Panic of 1889 came through. JK, JK, JK. It was real, actually. Um, But despite that, a few years after the Fox sisters were first discovered, you could find spiritual mediums in almost every city in America. It launched like an explosion of mediumship. Uh, and they are still often discussed by spiritualists as mediums following their confession without any mention of their confession or their trickery. So, <laughs> uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and so many early participants in spiritualism were radical Quakers because the hell yes. The Fox- what cooler <laughs> phrase in the English language of early American history is cooler than radical Quakers. Yeah, the, it's an oxymoron. The Fox sisters were close with the Quaker community in their town. Um, and Quakers and others that were involved in like the mid-19th century reforming movement. And these reformers, the Quakers and those of other religions, were uncomfortable with more prominent churches because those churches were doing very little to fight slavery and even less to advance the cause of women's rights. Um, Quakers were so cool. So I always, whenever we learned about Quakers in elementary school, I was like, these guys seem cool. Yeah, I like these guys. So a lot of them departed from the more major churches and began to embrace spiritualism as kind of like an alternative school of thought while still being able to to maintain their belief in God, their belief in heaven, their belief in the Bible, but also not have to align themselves with these churches that weren't advancing the political things that they thought that they should. Um, And in fact, the spiritualist movement as a whole was pretty radically socialist for the time. And many socialists eventually became spiritualists or occultists just because it was uh, 
so it was, and not only could it be a go hand in hand with Christianity, but it was an alternative to to the the more conservative form of Christianity. You could still believe in God, you could still believe in the Bible, but you could also believe in women's suffrage and the abolition of slavery. Right, and it also jives with the fact that one of in in the view of socialist theorists, one of the earliest socialist was Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, of course, at the time when you have socialism kind of being introduced to America and this kind of early utopia uh, utopianism of like actual communal co- communism uh, yeah. <laughs> before it got bad uh before utopianism got bad communism is still a okay uh <laughs> it made sense that the uh that there would be religious arguments for socialism as well as the political ones yeah and uh as spiritualism really exploded following the Fox sisters. Many famous mediums and spiritualists were women and rose to fame very quickly, uh, including Cora, uh, Cora L.V. Scott. Uh, she was known throughout the country for both her beauty and her incredibly te- intelligent eloquence on spiritual matters and on ghosts. And the fact that she got married four times. Work. Queen behavior. Um <sighs> And also Asha W. Sprague, who traveled the country as a trance lecturer after uh, she claimed that spirits healed her from her bout with rheumatic fever in 1861. Rheumatic? Rheumatic? I, I think rheumatic is good. Sure. I, Adam, I think you nailed that. Keep going. Great, thanks. <laughs> um, so for a time, spiritualism was one of the few ways that women were able to publicly speak and publicly address an audience. Uh, and people believe them and would listen. And so these women began using their platforms to champion for women's rights and the abolition of slavery, claiming that these were not their ideas, but ideas given to them by the spirit realm that they were simply a mouthpiece for. Right. That it's not an idea coming from a woman. Actually, it's coming from a divine source. Therefore, it's almost like it's appealing to the same logic as like old divine right monarchists Mm -hmm. of like, well, hey, you may not like me because I'm a lady, but God, God said like, so. Actually? So, yeah. Um, and even Victoria Woodhull, who was the, if you don't know, the first woman to run for president in 1872, she was a spiritualist and a women's suffragist who believed in the concept of free love, which at the time meant the ability to marry, divorce, <laughs> and bear children without the government interfering. Not what like we think of as free love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was also the idea that it was also a very just feminist idea mm-hmm. that women should be allowed to marry, divorce, and have children the same way men can, yes. which is without much consequence. Exactly. And she was dubbed by the press as Mrs. Satan for her beliefs, which is actually really metal and great. So <laughs> Yeah, actually gets my vote. Yeah. Like if I wasn't voting before, that nickname makes me vote. Yeah. Um, and another common belief among spiritualists was the improvement of conditions for the indigenous people of the United States. Uh, spiritualists would often claim to see the spirits of native people in their readings as a representation of the sins and subsequent guilt of Americans for the treatment of indigenous people. Um, and author Catherine Troy, who wrote a book about this, uh, said, quote, the political activism of spiritualists on behalf of Indians, she says Indians, was thus the result of combining white guilt and fear of divine judgment with a new sense of purpose and responsibility. Yeah, I, I mean, that also really tracks of, of course there is a lot of talk about 19th century activism uh especially on rich white people and specifically rich white women's mm-hmm. part uh, of how it more intersected as a upper class socialite thing right. rather than a thing that that caused direct action but when it did 
these were often the justifications for doing so. Yeah, and that's the same thing with spiritualism as a whole. Um, yeah. So mediumship soon became a pretty profitable venture uh, with the right amount of, sh- of uh, showmanship, as demonstrated by the fame of the Fox sisters. So seances and other public demonstrations soon became popular forms of entertainment and for spiritual catharsis. Um, which we'll talk about in a second. But showmanship became extremely important as mediums began to compete for paying audiences. It's like, what can you yeah. do that other mediums can't? How can you talk to ghosts different right. than the other person? Listen, can? the bar is a connection to the divine and afterlife and something that we will never be able to see, but hopefully can understand. Yeah, that's the bar. What else can you give? Yeah. Uh, and there can you wear a tight heel? Can you serve a nice monologue? And therefore, as expected, this is where also uh, many instances of chicanery and fraud began to pop up, with some cases even going to court uh, based on fake beliefs. Uh, And we talk about this a lot in the paranormal investigation episode she did a while ago, which is a fun episode about a similar topic if you are interested. There's a lot of great stories about medium debunking in there that we won't talk about too much here, just because there's not enough time. Yeah. Uh, But there are some great stories, including the woman with the cheesecloth soaked in egg white. (laughs) Yes. She was great. A classic. Uh, anyway, despite this, the appeal of spiritualism was still very strong, especially following the Civil War. With the onslaught of the Civil War, there were growing lists of men who would never return home from battle. Um, and with kind of the advent of, of photography and being able to see what the battlefield kind of looked like uh, was yeah. nightmarish. Um, and more and more right. people. And for, sorry, no, for Americans, there is nothing that could have like poured gas on the fire that was new religious movements more than most people having a brother, father, male cousin who was dead. Yeah. Like before the civil war, the, the conflict before that, that most Americans would have been privy to really wasn't even the war of 1812. It would have been the revolution. And so this is the first time where most Americans became acquainted with death that wasn't disease or old age right uh and so a very violent those are death good. right exactly and of course that would turbocharge any existing new philosophies or new philosophical movements surrounding the perception of death right so more and more people began to turn to these spiritualist mediums hoping for some proof that their loved one's soul was at peace or that they died peacefully or something like that um because prior to the war, the idea of like a good death meant that right. um, you died at home, surrounded by your family very peacefully. And the Civil War took that chance away from families. And people were like, if my husband, brother, cousin, whatever, isn't dying at home in bed, surrounded by family, what happens to them? Is that a bad death? Like, do they right. not pass on? Um, and one well-known case of this was Mary Todd Lincoln herself. Uh, who lost her son on the battlefield, and she organized seances in the White House to communicate with him uh, and make sure he was at peace, many of which that Abraham Lincoln was in attendance of. Which, if I, you know, people are like, where, if you could go back in time to history, where would you go? I think one of the things I would go to is a seance with Mary Todd and Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I often, I usually don't like that question Mm -hmm. because it, like, assumes so much. Yeah. Like, if you look, any kind of way yeah. going back any period is bad, is bad. um but the idea of going <laughs> just going straight back to the white house 1870 yeah just not 1870 it. abe was dead by then right. 1860 whatever you know just popping a seat at that seance table and being like hey abe hey mary let's get this going <laughs> 
Who are you? I don't know. Uh, that was good. Yeah. I liked that. Uh, so, uh, when we get towards the mid 19th century, uh, Americans' religious beliefs began to be questioned and shaken by new scientific discoveries. Um, newly unearthed fossils and analysis of geological record indicated that the earth was way older than the Bible claimed it being and way older than any of us thought. Um, but one would think that maybe that would harm spiritualism because of its ties to Christianity, but spiritualism actually fit the need for people to maintain their faith while still believing in science because it was touted as the quote, scientific religion asking participants to observe spiritualistic quote, demonstrations produced under test conditions in the seance room. Right. And we also have to, you know, it's hard for modern, especially Americans to, mostly Americans to understand how much uh, religion and and concepts of magic and spiritualism serve anthropological purposes mm -hmm. that like before we had the science to explain X and Y, we had forms of religion and spirituality and magic to explain them. And nowadays there are still questions that religion serves as an answer to rather than science, but they are far less concrete questions right. but back then you had concrete questions that that in your lifetime religion presented an answer to and now science is providing an answer that contradicts that using some form of magic that is not religion to bridge that gap makes so much sense it's the only other thing that could have turbocharged these religious movements after everybody knowing somebody who died was electricity like yeah. how do you how do you not think about religion more complexly after that yeah and speaking of electricity the technological advancements that uh started to appear during this time again would be something that maybe you would think would harm spiritualism's rise but uh it began to work with some of those technological advancements for example yeah. thomas edison was for a very long time working on developing a quote spirit phone that could call the dead and record their voices for posterity amazing yeah um amazing and you have to also like science sometimes outpaces its own understanding so like making a phone or a radio that in the back if it's not good enough you're gonna hear cosmic background radiation yeah. and not know what the hell it is yeah you'd be like that's a ghost like, oh actually. ghosts yeah yeah um and uh the fox sisters uh knocking in the rafts were similar to the morse alphabet which had only been invented a couple of years before uh leading yes. the promoters of spiritualism to claim that mediums could establish a quote spiritual telegraph to communicate between the living and the dead uh, and then even later, uh, I like that phrase. I imagine somebody with one of those tappy things, but the wires are plugged into a gravestone <laughs> and they're just going. Nah, 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 one moment, nah, please. Operator. Operator. No, it would be. Operator. Yeah. There you go. That was good. Um, and then even later, photographer William Mulmer would, uh, or not Mulmer, Mumler, I think, uh, would claim that he could capture the ghostly images of dead ones in his spirit photography studios in Boston and New York. Uh, and his most famous photo ever taken is of Mary Todd Lincoln, taken in 1872 after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, depicting his ghostly form standing behind her with his hands on her shoulders. Okay, so. Lots to unpack here. <laughs> like. Edison making a spirit phone that probably made noises uh -huh. that he didn't understand, but thought he might have thought, hey, this is ghosts. Mm -hmm. 
Mumler, there's no way that he wasn't doing a single low exposure of a person on the film and then taking a picture over that of an actual person and so ghosts like he was doing a con <laughs> yeah that, that, that sucks. was a con um that one's a con but that photo of mary todd lincoln was the last photo ever taken of her that sucks that it was some souvenir hershey park ass you could take a picture with a ghost of your dead husband behind yeah. you yeah um so uh other than that mrs lincoln how was the picture <laughs> anyway um World War One would also lead to another wave of interest in spirit communications for the exact same reasons as the Civil War. Um, and kind of following in the years following World War One, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who we talked about in the Love him. Uh, Friend of the pot. Paranormal Investigation episode, because he was a very devout spiritualist and a member of the famous London Ghost Club, uh, he would travel Not for long. around the world uh, lecturing grieving families of soldiers on the comforts of the next world, as told to him by spirits. And he would assure audiences that, quote, uh, the departed all agree that passing is usually both easy and painless, followed by an enormous reaction of peace and ease. This is good. Good job, yeah. Doyle. Um, that is good. That's what grief counseling is today. Yeah. But of course, this also led to another rise of fraudsters. Uh, not only is this yeah. when the Fox sisters confessed to their hoax, but in 1901, this is my favorite thing I've ever learned ever. In 1901, a secret catalog was made and published and sent to mediums around the country called Gambles with the Ghosts. And it offered ghost figures, fake ectoplasm, self-playing guitars, self-writing slates, and all sorts of little ghost toys for purchase. They could never get they could never get away with this today. No. You couldn't. That's so again, from a from a like human being standpoint, it's good that they couldn't get away with that yeah. today. On a like theater level yeah. as an artist, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um so and many skeptics during this time period began working very hard to debunk mediums, including famous magician Harry Houdini, who would use his knowledge of magic and illusion to explain away any contact with spirits. And he was extremely dedicated to this cause. And he called mediumship, quote, uh, this most monstrous fiction. He hated spiritualism. He hated mediums. That guy died because somebody punched him in the abs, right? Is that how? Is that, that real? Yeah, because he used to have that trick where anybody could punch him right. and he would be totally fine because he would like like harden up his abs in a specific way. Yeah. But one time backstage, a guy just like punched him like randomly because he was like, oh, he can, Your just, abs, he can sir. take it. Yeah. Your abs, sir. And then his like, I don't know, his like appendix exploded or something. Oh, yeah. Ruptured appendix. He died on Halloween. Ooh. Anyway. Um. So, uh, yeah, he was very dedicated to the cause of debunking mediums. Good for him. It's like two lives passion. People try to comfort Penn and Teller. Magic and telling psychics to go (laughs) themselves. The, uh, wait, let me just put a marker in for the cuss. Oh, my God. I tried to think of a different word and I couldn't. (laughs) No, there was no other word. People try to comfort Penn and Teller for, like, over-explaining magic and being libertarians, which the last part is fine. (laughs) But, really, Houdini was doing it. Yeah. Um... And then even though uh, Houdini would always enter seances with an open mind, he declared the quote, after 25 years of ardent research and endeavor, I declare that nothing has been revealed to convince me that the intercommunication has been established between spirits of the departed and those still in the flesh. Guys, it's so, this is a YouTube vlog video. (laughs) Guys, 
I have to be honest, it's been years. And you guys know that I'm like an illusionist and that, like that's what I do and I try really hard at that. But like if I real I need to be honest with you guys, I wish I could believe in mediums, but I just can't. Like I've looked at all the evidence and I want to. I really want to, guys. You know I'd love to. All all people out there in the HH fam know Smash that like I would button. love to believe. <laughs> Smash that like button. Hit that bell, baby. <laughs> Um, so other debunkers included Harry Price, who we talked about, who did a very fam- uh, similar thing to Houdini, where he used his knowledge of illusions and magic to debunk, uh, and Frank Podmore of the Society for Psych- Psychical Research, a um, a place you can Great still join names, today. Y'all. Yeah. Um, every every episode like this where we get to listen to what people called stuff in the 19th century just like good job yeah. the the society for psychical research incredible the burned over district that's the sickest yeah. name i've ever heard um and one pretty famous blow to spiritualists was the death of spiritualist thomas lynn bradford in 1921 this story is wild so he wanted to prove the existence of the afterlife so he hired an associate for this job and he gave very specific instructions to this associate on how to communicate with him in the afterlife and then Thomas Lynn Bradford committed suicide in his apartment by blowing the pilot light out on his heater and turning off the gas. And the associate's job was to then contact him and speak to him in the afterlife. Uh, and he was never – the associate claims he was never able to, which a lot of things he hear. A, the associate could have just lied and he did associate not. associate definitely could have lied. Yeah. Well, okay. Associate definitely could have lied either way, right? Right. For all we know, Thomas Lynn Bradford communicated to his assistant and was like, hey, bro, what's up? I'm so glad it worked. Yeah. And his assistant was like, you know what? Screw that guy. Yeah. This is a crazy story. Um, and that's going to kind of lead us into the the fall of spiritualism in the United States, uh, which about started in the early to mid-1920s as the belief of spiritualism, or at least the popularity of spiritualism, began to fall in the United States. There are a couple of reasons for this. There's not really kind of one big reason. Uh, one was the division amongst spiritualists on the theory of evolution in the late 19th and early 20th mm. century. Because uh, broadly speaking, in general, the concept of evolution fitted the spiritualist uh, thought of progressive development of humanity and how we keep evolving and we evolve past life, we evolve into something better and stuff like that. However, at the same time, the belief in the animal origins of humanity threatened the foundation of the immortality of the spirit because, you know, if God didn't create humans, it wouldn't be plausible that you would endow the animal with the spirit. Like, God didn't put my spirit into right. a turtle. Uh, so why so, would he put it yeah, into this yeah. this monkey of specific size? Yeah, yeah. God, like if God didn't put my God didn't put my spirit into this monkey just to wait eight thousand years for for it to become right. Me. Um, and many spiritualists then adopted the belief in spiritual evolution or the idea that after death spirits progress to spiritual states and new spheres of existence. Uh, Bring that back. That sounds sick. Uh, but this is also seems to be uh, also resultant of scientific theory catching up to technology right that like as these things that inspired spiritual reaching that those got explained then that kind of like cuts out from under you over and over and over again until you're kind of like i guess i'm not spiritual anymore right 
And well, alternately, uh, theosophy also became a very popular school of thought in response to this, uh, which is the- This is why spiritualism <laughs> failed, is because it became 1900 and they stopped naming stuff good. Um, theosophy is the belief that humanity starts in a state of perfection and then falls into a process of uh, de-evolution, oh. developing the mind and losing spiritual consciousness. And after the gathering- uh, of experience and growth through repeated reincarnations, humanity will regain the original spiritual state, which is now one self-conscious perfection. I thought that they were saying that every individual human begins life perfect and then <laughs> in a state of perfection. I thought babies were perfect and perfectly self-conscious, yeah. and then they lose that over time. But this is saying humanity yeah, as, as a, a whole. whole. Um, so theosophists and spiritualists did not get along. Uh, and many, yeah, many spiritualists, <laughs> they're talking about anti evolution They're talking about de-evolution. Yeah. They're talking about evolutionary regression. Uh, and many spiritualists who believed in theosophy t- soon turned to just straight up occultism, uh, which is also Definitely. different, something else. Um, yeah. and other spiritualists, including Cora LV Scott dismissed evolution outright. And when we said, I have never, I'm Ooh. having none of that. Thank you. Um, and after the 1920s, spiritualism kind of split into three different directions, all of which still exist today. Um, the first of which, I believe, to pronounce this word, is uh, uh, syncretism. Uh, yeah, syncretism. Syncretism, yeah. syncretism. Uh, it is effectively the same set of beliefs remaining largely unorganized and therefore not religion. Like, there's no hierarchy. There's no set kind of rules of principles or whatever or any dogma. Um, and this probably best aligns itself with what we think of as spiritual. And someone says they're spiritual in the 21st century. It's pretty heterogeneous mixing in things like astrology, Eastern religion, ritual magic, occultism, reincarnation. Yeah. It's kind of a free-for-all grab bag of non-denominational Christian uh, Christian beliefs. Um, yeah, you would find people today at, on a scale of syncretism between like, I got confirmed, but don't go to church anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, sometimes I'll say, I'll, I'll be like, hey, if you're up there, all the way to, I hate the Roman Catholic Church, but I grew up in it and now I'm a witch. Yeah, exactly. Those are kind it's of the- Some of it aligns with Christianity, some of it doesn't. It's pretty mixed. Um, yeah, but we're in America, so most people yeah. who are doing it are probably going to be pretty Christian, even if they don't want to be. Um, so the alternative to this is the spiritualist church. And this direction took on the pattern of organized religion. It is the spiritualist church, modeled mostly after Christianity, uh, but it has established. That's good. Uh, if I was doing a religion, I would also base mine <laughs> off of the best one that succeeded the most and done the, the least bad. Yeah. Um, Christianity. But it has uh, established liturgies, a set of seven principles, an official training for mediums. Not anybody can just become a medium anymore. There's stuff you have to do. Um, and Yeah, that's right. Teresa Caputo has a certificate. Yeah. Um, however, diversity amongst the beliefs of spiritualism in the church has led to a few schisms, uh, mostly between <laughs> well, the more Christian and the less Christian believers. Um, but most spiritualist churches today closely resemble that of any other religion. Uh, it's it's all about structure, organization, blah, 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 blah. It's more like a religion than just a belief system. I just thought about that sentence, but I think I'm going to stick with it. No, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and finally, the last kind of branch of that is psychical research or parapsychology. As many spiritualists began to take a strictly scientific approach to their beliefs and dedicate their time to investigating spiritualist claims. This would then eventually lead to the debunking of many mediums and spiritualists, which consequently would lead to a decline in the spiritualist belief. However, most parapsychologists, uh, psychical researchers believe they're like, no, 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 no. 
like mediumship is real. Parapsychology is real. Spirits are real. You're just not one. You're just full of poop. Yeah, it. this is kind of, I, I would bet that modern like ghost hunters kind of come from this realm yeah. of, listen, science came along and explained a bunch of stuff that we thought was one thing. So let's keep, quote unquote, following the science. Right. Uh, because eventually science will lead us to the answer. Here's a tip. No, it won't. <laughs> um, but uh, you can quote me on that. Science will never discover ghosts, but that's kind of not the point. Um, but that is a brief history, a very brief history on American spiritualism in the United States. Yeah, I, I, I think that there is a uh, a secondary, like an addendum episode to be done about the probably not on this show because this is a show about horror stuff mm-hmm. uh, about the the slow parting of spiritualism from traditional Christianity, especially after World War II and especially, especially after the civil rights movement and the, the emergence of modern conservatism, which is very specifically uh, a dogmatic Christianity that has a rejection of the occult and a rejection of what a lot of scholars would call very Christian things Mm -hmm. uh, just because of Christianity's place as a, as a, or specifically Catholicism as a co-optive religion that takes in pagan practices and and incorporates it. 1800s American Christianity was doing the same thing that Roman Catholicism was doing with paganism, but then that development kind of was stopped by a reemergence of dogmatic conservative Christianity and Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Smack. <laughs> uh, well, hey. Thank you so much for listening to this episode 83 of The Great American Scream. It has been so many episodes. If you enjoyed, please leave a written review on iTunes or on Spotify, but please tell a friend about the show who you think would like it. It's the best way to spread the word. We love spreading the word about the show. It's a good show that we're both very proud of. Uh, Adam, can you pimp our social medias, please? Yes, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at, uh, or Facebook at The Great American Scream or on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter at Great Scream Pod. Um, I guess if you have anything to say about spiritualism, if you were a medium in the 19th century, what would your cool little thing be? Let us know. Oh, like, I thought you were saying if there were any 19th century mediums. No, definitely let us know. But if like, if you were competing in the medium market in the 19th century, what would your cool little thing be? What would your thing be? Yeah, how would you attract audiences? I think I'd have a bird who was also a psychic. Ooh, okay. Can you... But, like, for birds. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Um, Like, people would come to see because they thought that the bird could help me doing human psychic stuff. But no, the trick is I am a psychic for humans and he is a psychic for (laughs) birds. Please stop asking him to talk to your dead wife. He can only talk to your dead wife's macaw. So, um, and your dead wife's macaw alive. He can only talk to alive birds. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's a bird and he's alive Um, and it's a bird. So yeah, uh, you can tweet at us or post using the hashtag TGAS. And as always, if there's something you would like to hear about on the show, please tweet at us or make a post because your suggestion may become the topic for a future episode. Yes. Special thank you goes out to Michael Suguda, who does the intro disclaimer. We love that little guy. And also to Stevie Viola, who does the intro and outro music. If you really enjoyed the show and you want to help us keep creating it, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash greatscreenpod. Tons of great little things back there, backstage, behind the scenes content, early access to episodes. And if you are a patron on the level of Man in the Fields tier or higher, you get a special thank you from me at the end of the show. Like this. Thank you to Regina, Ben. 
Gail, Joyce, Melinda, and Chris. I've been Devin Wright. I've been Adam O'Connell. And hopefully you have been spooked. I did a I did a visual <laughs> gag for the end of the episode, but it's an audio medium, so I can't I have nothing funny to say. <laughs> Love you. Bye.